Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU and um, broadcasting live from the lands of the Kulin Nation and honouring original inhabitants, including our LGBTI original inhabitants and their unique contribution to diversity and intersectionality on and around our land. And three uh, C, if you want to get in touch. With Out of the Pan, lots of ways to do it in this modern age of technology. You can email outofthepan855 at gmail.com, although as someone on Facebook said to me in a message this week, what people still use real email addresses? But anyway, I'll call it modern. Um, you can text in 61401 078 981. Look for me or Out of the Pans on Facebook and comment under today's posts. Or you can tweet at Sal Gold said so. And that's the bottom line. Well, a packed program today, um, opened up today with James Dean by the Eagles, because we're going to talk about screen soon with Garlevanting um, and stuff to do with films, in a way. But right now in the studio, I am joined by the fabulous Roger Butler, because we're going to go to a disco, so to speak. <laughs> Yay! Hi, Sally. Hey, Rog. Good to have you with us. And I only found out in the last half hour, you're a 3CR, 3CR alumni. <laughs> oh, yes. My relationship here goes a long way back. I used to do uh, the Friends of the Earth show uh, back in the early 90s. Yeah, and we, we think, I haven't checked my 3CR history book, that it um, does... Um, sort of, it sort of possibly has morphed into Earth Matters, which um, our listeners heard at 11 o'clock on I th- Sundays. I think so. So it's an honour to be back. It's good to be back in 3CR, um, mm. you know, sort of seed sowing headquarters. And well, what sort of, now discos can mean lots of things to lots of people. We'll have some music on that front very soon. <laughs> Yay. But what sort of disco are we talking about? A very disco disco? <laughs> <laughs> I believe we're talking about. Discovery, yes. uh, which we've since discovered is very disco, and that's yes. become a bit of a meme. But uh, yeah, Discovery is a combined workshop and play party uh, that myself and Helena May have been running for one year now. This is our one year of birthday. That's right, one year, um, a combined um, event run by... Um now, Curious Creatures and Mayhem events. Yes. Um, so it's some curious mayhem. Um, and so, yeah, what has, what has been, what is the nature of, let's drill down into a play party and workshop. Um, when we're, you know, what exactly is that about that's been going for you? How did it come about? What exactly is it all about? Mm, great. Um, structurally, it's a workshop normally on a Saturday afternoon, which is basically all the things that um, we think make for great play party behavior so some of it's really practical information and education around 
look after yourself in these ways from a safer sex perspective and so forth. Mm-hmm. Some of it's playing with your psychology, so working out how to appropriately pace yourself in relation to your own journey mm-hmm. um, and not getting too caught up in your own expectations. Um, and then some of it's just um, practical exercises and things to prepare for the evening's play party. Then the play party we just simply regard as a sex-positive space. Uh, mm-hmm. So all sorts of uh, sex and non-sex-like mm-hmm. activities are welcome and supported in that space. And then we all come back together on the Sunday morning to chat about how things went, what happened for people, what went well, what they'd like to do differently and integrate and really build that community. So basically, even though we run the play parties every month, the only people that can come are people that have done the workshop so you know that everyone at the play party's got the same understanding around consent and language and communication and etiquette. Yeah, which you know I think leads a little, if I may, to sort of how it came about because it does seem there there are events in roughly this ballpark that sadly don't have those sorts of principles, um, which I, th- you know, I think is quite worrying possibly for a lot of people who may have something in them in this area that they want to think about, and then you know sort of don't. Um, you know, find the right space at first. Yeah, I think one of the things that's amazing about Discovery is that we're able to make sure that everyone that's there has committed to that same understanding and philosophical position on consent and how to use consent, consent language well. And it does make for a radical difference. Where I find, I, so I have a psychology background myself, and I find once safety is in place, then incredible and amazing things happen. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a thing. It's about setting up that space of safety and and consent, and so people can you know find find that space where they can um, be them. You know, just um, you know get to where the, you know where they want, which is so so important because yeah, sometimes things happen where the communication breaks down in these situations. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And and there's a lot of other great events out there. Um, um, more extreme events and larger scale events. But one's individual experience within that system is often quite random. Yeah. So with Discovery, there's the longevity over time. And I, I'm in a very privileged position as, the, of the, as one of the organisers that I get to watch people's journey. And so often on their first Discovery, they just kind of sniff at their edges a little bit and have mm. a bit of a bit of look around and see what might be right for them. And on the second one, they have a bit more of a try. And then four or five down the track, they're planning incredibly elaborate scenes and just really expressing themselves. Yeah. Oh, look, very. let's just say very much so, and I think probably a good point. Um, that, that could be a description of the person sitting on this side of the radio <laughs> panel who, you know, um, very much so, and I just sort of would say that, that, um, you know, I must have had something in me that I wanted to explore on so many levels, and, you know, it, ha- it is very, it can be unnerving at first, you know, stuff comes up, um, which we, I wanted to spend a lot of time talking about in one of the later segments, but, um, you know, sort of it is this safe space. And once, one thing that's really critical and goes right to the heart of this show, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, is, of course, this is a very um, um, welcoming, inclusive, valuing of all sort of space as much as, you know, and keeps and keeps being that way. Tell us more about that because that's really, really important. Hmm. Uh, so our commitment, Helena and my commitment, is to all genders and making a space where all can work together, which is a pretty ambitious target. Yeah. So we have the very delightfully queer, trans, bent and very cis people um, in very hetero uh, sort of environments, all 
hanging out together in a space that is consistently respectful and joyful for Mm -hmm. parties wherever they are on that three-dimensional spectrum. Um, Because of the fact that uh, so many things are normalised and made okay, it's a space where people tend to wind up exploring aspects of themselves and their gender and their sexuality that Mm. they didn't really know were there. So it's not that we're on a mission to queer up the world. That's definitely not the case. We're into supporting everyone's journey wherever it is. Mm -hmm. But I guess because the mainstream is so much about not doing that, there are a lot of people that haven't had the opportunity to explore. Uh, And Discovery's letting a lot of that come out. Yeah. Well, you know, it's your, you know, queer up the world, you know, sort of we don't... We're not conversing people, yeah, that sort of thing, because if something is there and people haven't had a safe space to explore it, um, then, you know, that is who they, deep down, innate soul are. Yes. Um, giving them that safe space so that they can be more in, authentically with their soul is, is not, is, you know, is an awesome thing. And the joy on people's faces when they when they realise when they realise they're in a space that that other little shadowy part of themselves that they haven't been able to let out before is free to come out uh, that's priceless. And it will be, and it's very very nurtured in that space definitely. Mm. So um, yeah, mm. it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and there's also um, it, it's a great little form of political activism as well. Yes, because in the same way that the kink community has done awesome work around what exactly consent language looks like in practice, like it's one it's one thing that we all agree on consent language, mm. but how you actually do that in the moment, the kink community is miles ahead there, and the queer slash interesting slash gender diverse communities have done incredible thinking around what gender is and how that applies and so yeah it's amazing to be able to put that into uh, borrow that thinking and express that in an event yeah look this is um one of the joys that i i think of this is and you know you're quite right that this is where i if i can have my own small soapbox for a moment you know i get very grumpy with the outside world that's you know says silly things like oh king can play just about but whipping people really hard and that sort of stuff it is so much more um sophisticated than that and so much more articulate and if we took the same techniques of communication not necessarily whipping out into the wider world um, and just sort of use them. Imagine how much more productive our workplaces would be, our family relationships, our friendships, blah, 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 blah. So there's my soapbox for the moment. Oh, I love it. Um, if uh, I, I, I love it. I think in order to do – and by the way, I should say discovery is not only about kink. It's about all types yes, of sexuality. But, but just to continue on the kink uh, theme for the second – in order to do a kink scene well, you need to know you, yourself. Yes. You need to know your shadow parts. You need to know where your power is. You need to be able to clearly, articulately communicate what you want. When something is not going right for you, you need to be able to say when that is. And you need to be able to debrief and work in with the person you're working with. And you need a great deal of trust and focus on each other. Oh, I wish that that was part of political skills training. <laughs> yes, a few a few politicians, a few corporate leaders. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The world would yes. be a better place if everyone was a good kinkster. Yeah. <laughs> well, all oh, if I think when I did the podcast, that that might have to go at the top of the quote page. The <laughs> all right. Well, we'll have a breather um, and either come back and talk more about discovery because I want to talk about some of the, particularly about the debrief, the processes for safety and all that sort of stuff. And we'll, But we will actually have Gala on the phone in the second segment. So it's sort of going to be like part two. It's a bit like some sort of TV show. But in the meantime, 
Um, I've got just the track to keep us moving along on a Sunday. Um, Disco, yeah. All right, hit it. You're 3CR, 855am, digital3cr.org.au and on demand. You're on the Out of the Pan Disco Edition with Rog and coming up soon, Gallivanting. name is Sel, the cooler Chelvin, and I am fighting for my life. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to have to flee your own country, spend days or weeks in a leaky boat on dangerous rolling seas, and then arrive in a new country where you are terrorised even more? Well, that's the life confronting millions of people in this world who have no choice but to seek asylum. All these people want is a fair go, but here in Australia, our government, in our name, treats these desperate people with cruelty and inhumanity. Here at 3CR, we aim to give these people a voice, a chance to speak out and let you know that they are just like us, people with hopes and aspirations, people who deserve to be treated as we would expect to be treated if we found ourselves in this position. Refugee Radio is the voice of refugees. 10am every Sunday at 3CR 855 on the AM dial. So say I'm not a worthless human being Cause no one needs a worthless human being My family need a worthwhile human being 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au is proudly supporting newly arrived people in this country. I'm going to tell you why a bit more about that at the end of the program today. Um, lots to talk about. Um, but right now, gosh, it's all happening in the 3CR studio. Um, we just heard, in honour of the disco, um, the Disco Inferno from the Tramps from a fantastic compilation, if you can get it, Platinum Disco. By goodness, that's as good as it gets. Well, it gets even better because we opened up today with the Eagles from On the Border and James Dean um, talking about movies, little James Dean up on the screen, um, being on a silver screen and all that sort of stuff. There's a certain type of um, movies we want to talk about now with the one, the only, the inimitable Gala Vanting, who's on the line. Gala, how are you going? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm really good. Good. Um, you have an exciting event coming up in the next few days, um, which, which has something to do, in a way, with movies and videos and stuff. Yeah. Tell us all about it in your own Have way. To do with with the blue movies. Yes. So um, yeah. So I'm among other things a porn producer and performer, and um, I recently submitted an essay to a book edited by Jiz Lee, who's an American-based porn performer, mm-hmm. um, and the book is called Coming Out Like a Porn Star, um, and it basically uh, collects a whole bunch of different voices from across the porn industry, mainstream and alternative, queer and straight, you name it, um, talking about porn protection, privacy, the way that porn and sex work stigma um, affect our personal lives and our relationships, the, the rest of our careers, etc. So it's just kind of bringing together um, a whole bunch of different perspectives on that topic. Um, and the the book is about to launch in Australia. Yeah. Now, that's that's an amazing um, sort of executive summary to open it up. Um, <laughs> you know, you've, you've hit on so many things. And, I mean, of course, out of the pans, um, queer listeners um, would be familiar with the, um, the concept of coming out, and it can have its, we'll say, ups mm. and downs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be worth just asking a little bit, to give us a bit of a teaser. What would be the, we'll say, compare and contrast for coming out as a porn star? Ooh, 
Well, look, I mean, I think it's, you know, of course it's going to depend on your kind of intersection of privileges and less than privileges. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the beautiful thing about this book is that, that it offers so many different experiences. You know, there are people who have come out and have, have lost a lot, you know, whether mm. that's uh, family or jobs or opportunities. Um, and there are also people who, you know, like, like myself, you know, have come out and, and received, been received with, with, you know, abundance and, and affection. And, um, you know, my, my experience, for example, of coming out to my father really, um, opened up our, our, our friendship and our closeness. Um, and, you know, and, and so, but of course that, that's very much affected by, by my own, you know, sort of position in, in, in society and culture. Um, so yeah, so it kind of runs the gamut and there are some very sad stories in the book and there are also some really hilarious ones about, you know, people's quite entertaining responses to their children's or partners or whatever's, you know, coming out. Yeah. Um, in-laws, there's an interesting thought, but anyway, uh, you know, you, you hit on a really interesting point that there can just be some amazing humor in it. I'm thinking in terms, again, to draw a comparison to the queer world, there was some posters that, um, were made a few years ago about, um, football and, you know, so, you know, kids coming out to their parents and, you know, there was, um, the parent says, oh gosh, I thought you were going to say you were a support, you were a Collingwood supporter or something. <laughs> so there's, I think the, the humour part of it, sometimes, yes, we know that, you know, um, groups such as queer and sex positive, unfortunately, face stigma, but sometimes it can turn out with a touch of humour, which is really important. Yep. Yeah, and it's important to hear those stories just as much as it's important to hear the ones that don't go so well because, you know, we kind of, we want to, um, or at least, you know, my work is interested in having a well-rounded view of, you know, mm. porn and, and sex professionals um, and, and actually asking them questions about their real, their, their lived experience rather than assuming, you know, what we want to assume or what, what, what mainstream culture would have us believe about mm. what it is like to be, a, a, you know, a porn star or a sex industry professional. Yeah. Now you've got a absolute um, gaggle of people on for the the Melbourne launch and panel of this event. This just makes this incredibly exciting, or even more exciting, mega exciting. Um, yes, so, I'm so excited. There's people flying like to come and talk yes. about porn. That's that, yep. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. So who's who's on the panel, and I think some of whom have their stories in the book as well, which will just add that extra touch to it. Yeah. So myself and the moderator of the panel, Zara Stardust, yep. um, we both have, have work in the book. Um, and she's a University of New South Wales PhD candidate um, and does her work on, on porn and criminality in Australia. So she's the perfect person to, to talk about this subject. Um, and we'll be joined by Angela White, who um, is, she's, you know, she's kind of a bit of an Australian porn legend these days um, and has her own, has created her, her own website and does um, a whole bunch of really strong advocacy um, around around porn and sex industry stuff. Um, we've got Erin Walker, who runs NaughtyNerdy.com. She's also a local performer. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got Christian Vega, who Ooh. is... Yeah, because we love Christian. Um, he is a sex worker and recently has, has started um, doing some porn performance. He's extremely well-spoken on the topic of, of sex worker rights and sex mm. work stigma. 
Um, that's been his life for the last 15 years. Um, and he's been away from Melbourne for a little while, so he's coming back to visit to do the panel. And I'm very excited to share a stage with him again. Yes, yeah, an, mm-hmm. a, an absolute legend for sure. And, totally. And Christian, well, they all are um, mm. in various ways. I think I like about Angela is how she takes what might be society might consider this feminine demure approach and makes it so assertive, which I think oh. is a sort of, um, you know, sort of gender queering in a way. Um, totally. Which I love. Um, yep. naturally on this show <laughs> um, but you know Christian um, you know who of course um, you know is um, also a, if I can say so a bit of a, a, ra- a radio slut he used to do the Vixen Hour over on Joy which I think was, was very welcome and so yeah it's a it's an it's an all, um, you know, they say all-star cast. Sometimes it's a bit too glibly, but not this time. I know, but I feel like that's the case this time. And I'm very, very honoured that everyone wanted to, you know, because it, it can be hard to get up in, uh, you know, on a stage and talk about these things. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, because a lot of us are really good at talking about our work and, you know, our politics and our approaches to to the films that we make, um, it's not as easy to talk about, you know, our personal stories and, and the relationships that we have or how they get affected by by stigma um, and you know it can be quite emotional so but I think that we will not have a very strong contingent of like sex positive and sex work positive people in the audience so I feel like we, we have a good environment to support and hold the people up to tell their stories yeah mm. and a couple more thoughts I mean and I put a similar question to Rog um, discussing discovery in the first segment of the show mm-hmm. some people might say um, for whatever reason, what's coming out of an event like coming out like a porn star got to do with LGBTI issues? Might seem obvious, but let's just get it on the record so it's clear. What would you say to that in your own words? Um, I think the subject of coming out in general is very much, you know, like that that whole term came from, you know, from LGBTIQ history um, and, you know, has been something that we have been kind of uh, that that's been a, a sort of pillar of our politics in the in the gay rights movement, um, and so and, and and it then kind of starts to apply to all these other things. You know, whether or not you're queer, you're still being called to come out in some way about something to do with your sexuality, um, and and you know that we got a lot of we borrowed a lot of tactics from you know from the gay rights movement um, mm-hmm. in order to do that. Um, so in terms of lineage, it's it's super important and super relevant. Yeah, hashtag intersectional, hashtag working together. Um, <laughs> very, very, very much so brilliantly put. So, and of course, the other thing I've got to do is honour um, Jiz Lee. Um, what a legend. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. They've been really um, quite like humble about like, you know, I keep kind of going like, tell me how I can like explain to people where the book came from and, you know, give some credit to you and all that stuff. And they just kind of don't answer because I feel like, yeah, they really, they, you know, what they did here was use their visibility and their notoriety to, um, to be a sort of amplifier for other people's voices. Um, and, and the way that, that this whole process has gone has really, you know, just been such a testament to that and, and how, you know, like how selflessly they do the work that they do in the world. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, there, there are no books like this. This is the first of its kind um, to, to really compile voices of, of you know, fr- from the porn industry specifically and to be so, um, Jiz made a big effort to, to be as diverse as possible um, in terms of where they, where they pulled people from and what parts yep. of the industry. So, yeah, big, big hats off to them. Yeah, big range of diversity in terms of, we'll say, sexual orientation, gender identity, but also, you know, the countries of people, country of origin, if you like, people or country of current residence, et cetera, mm-hmm. which I yep. think is really cool too. Yeah. 
Yeah, and no one knows that stuff better than jizz because they exist in so many different kind of uh, communities around in and around sexual culture. Um, they just have a really good sense of, of the lay of the land and, um, and you know, they, they just have a lot to offer um, on a project like this. So I'm really glad that they took the initiative and it took them five years and it's so exciting to see it come out and, you know, get press in Vice and The Guardian and The New York Times. It's, it's really exciting. Wow, Guardian and New York Times. Now we're talking. Talk, this is what we need. You know, discussion in wider society as well on Absolutely. all of this stuff. Yes, uh, and that's what this book starts. Cool. Now, um, so if you want to come along to this fabulous event, um, panel launch, etc., yes. um, when, where, who, what, how, and all that sort of thing, how do you buy tickets to coming out like a porn star Melbourne launch and panel discussion? So uh, the event is on Tuesday night, this coming. It's the 17th. Um, we're going to open the doors at 7 p.m. and it's at Loop, uh, which is a bar and project space in Mayer's Place in the CBD. Yep. Um, you can get tickets on the door if you want to, but if you want to be sure that you're going to have your butt on a seat, you can pre-purchase at collapsemelbourne.eventbrite.com.au, I think. Or you can just like find me on Facebook and email me and ask me some questions, or we'll post it on the Out of the Pan um, Facebook page as well. We can put a link up. Yep. Oh wait, um, you've already done that. Actually, you're onto it. Oh, it's all it's all we're organised in the, in this world. <laughs> all right. I should expect I, no less from you. I'd better let you um, get out to the airport and pick up one of the um, pa- um, the stars of the panel. Otherwise, it won't be as good as we said it would be. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's um, instrumental. <laughs> it's really great to um, have you on the show, and we must do a detailed catch up. And at some point, I just made a mental note that I would would like to get. I must try and get Jizz on the show. On the show in some shape or form via yeah, tele- telephone. Sure or whatever else so um i'd love to have them um you know um cook up some stuff with it on the pan yes sounds great all right thank you for having me sally absolute pleasure um stay well and um yeah all the best for tuesday night excellent thank you galavanting on 3cr um for coming out like a porn star. And yes, it really is all about queer and sex positive and getting, I think, a lot of it often comes down to sex negativity, as the fabulous Anne Hunter said on a radio interview elsewhere earlier this year, um, that we live in a society that's sex-obsessed and sex-negative. What a dysfunctional combination. <laughs> um, if we were sex-positive, talked about it calmly, maturely, got past the fear, the guilt and everything else, who knows what a difference we could make. Um, well... Um, I'm going to come back and chat more with um, Rog. It's um, live radio. We're juggling it all here. Um, but And talk about the Disco family. Here's um, Sister Sledge to talk about another family, 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au, and on demand, um, out of the pan with Sally and guest um, Roger Butler. 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au, and on demand, broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants. And had to have another track from Platinum Disco, because we can. And that one, of course, is We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Um, all our sisters with me. Well, um, um, Discovery, which we're now coming back to chat with part Rog on part two on, I suppose Hello we have again. all our siblings with us. Mm. Very, you know, we want to talk about this, you know, it is a key part of this program, but also a key part of Discovery is the gender inclusivity of it all, um, that all seven, at least seven billion genders are welcome if they're all there. Yes. Um, Tell us a bit more about that. Yes. Um, I really agree with you on the seven billion genders concepts. Uh, We, uh, so we in this case is myself and Helena May, Mm -hmm. my co-facilitator, we tend to take a perspective of 
everyone has a gender that's just waiting to emerge when the appropriate safe space mm. is created for it. Um, and, yeah, watching people come through discovery, I guess one of the things I as an organiser underestimated at the beginning is just how much being able to come back and play at that edge every month, how much mm. that would allow for people to really deepen their journey. Uh, and, yeah, seeing everyone just try different forms of gender expression on themselves and go, oh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. Oh, that wasn't quite right for me. Uh, yeah, it's a real honour to watch that. Yeah, look, there's lots lots of journeying in lots of ways and gender is one of them and, of course, there is the um, dress-up rack. Um, donations are greatly appreciated, I think, yeah. Dress-ups are the greatest way to shift the mood. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I, look, I've got to say personally for all sorts of things, I find that um, very much that, you know, sort of just having a, um, you know, it does, it does help. And, I mean, we do it day to day. I mean, you know, mm. we talked earlier about the corporate world. People put on... Their corporate suits, or as a friend, a trans woman friend of mine says, in relation to female corporate wear, money penny suits. Um, you know, sort of shaken, mm. not stirred, but um, mm. you know, mm. we do it in that way. Or if we, you know, we wear certain forms of dress um, in you know wider life, as we call it. Um, but you know, it's it happens in there too that we can just do it in a playful fun way. Mm, yes. So so just to explain that for the listener, uh, Discovery has a uh, little section of uh, dress-ups, some fabulous clothing and outfit uh, that people often play with. And uh, yeah, it's just such a great way to help yourself free yourself up to come out a little bit, try something new a little bit. Yep. Um, so yes, there's lots of, lots of um, ways to experiment and um, without breaching too much any confidentiality, if there's one that I liked, it was the sa- um, nothing to do with gender. Was the sapiosexual cell, and mm. that just stood out to me as one of the most amazing things I've seen. Yes. Um, so yes, the, the breadth of scenes that go on. Uh, sometimes people assume that discovery is a kink party, and although there are aspects of kink there, what I'm loving watching coming out is just everyone's very creative expressions of their sexuality. Some of which doesn't look remotely like sex. And mm. by the way, through all this talk about sex um, one of the other things I like about discovery is that if you're in the mood for just sitting on the couch and having some interesting engaging conversation with someone that feels really comfortable and really okay within Mm. the space Um, but yeah the types of scenes that people get up to ranging from vanilla sex to the kinky to the just gloriously creative like you say sapiosex and the person that just lay down on the uh, on the bench handed out 10 biros to strangers and said draw on my back yes all sorts of things. All sorts of random expressions. Yep. And, of course, the golden rule, if it's safe and consensual, or golden rules, then that's what matters. The thing that can happen, though, and I think this is really important and I think sets discovery, um, you know, sort of environmentally friendly, toll-free freeways ahead, another reason, is that stuff can come up in this area. You know, if we're playing with shadows, sometimes they can be even mur- perhaps a bit murkier than we thought. What are the sort of things that Discovery has in place, we'll say, in itself? And I think it's fair to ask in comparison possibly to other places that they don't have it, what makes it okay and safe, um, you know, so that if something happens, what, you know, let's say during the workshop and party and other things, what sort of things work? Yeah, great. Um, and yes, things do happen because you start to play at these edges and start to find a space where you can explore yourself. And yeah, sometimes our um, squidgy bits, our shadowy bits, our less known bits do tend to come out and there is a bit of a process there. So 
A few things come to mind. Um, we firstly spend a lot of time making sure people are appropriately prepared. Mm -hmm. So doing a lot of work with people around their expectations and how to pace themselves at a play party. I often talk about it in terms of the Goldilocks zone, i.e. don't hold yourself back if you're wanting to step out and try some more experimental stuff. But if you're just not in the mood for that, don't push yourself beyond what's right for you in the moment. Like make, make sure you're constantly tracking what's right for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, making sure people are in the right mindset. Um, on the Throughout all the times, and particularly on the night, we have uh, support people floating around who are trained counsellors mm -hmm. um, who just from time to time check in. And if something comes up for someone at a play party that they need to have a chat with someone about, then we have people available for that. And I guess most importantly, and one of the things I most love about the Discovery model, is we all come back together on the Sunday uh, to have the Sunday sessions, which is where we chat and discuss and, and toy around with the things that happened the night before. We speak about the things that we love. We speak the loved. We speak about the firsts, any firsts that need to be mm -hmm. celebrated. And we talk about the tricky bits, like what was awkward, what was clunky, what was cumbersome, what was a trigger. And we hear from the rest of the group around that. And Helena and I facilitate that in a way that's also very community building. So what's happened there over the course of time is that that's a really solid, tight community of support. Uh, and so that then goes on in the following weeks. Uh, people have their own support mechanisms. We put a lot of emphasis on the debriefing process after people have done scenes and give a lot of practical tools for that. And people are incredibly good at it. Yes. It just gives that safe thing that, um, you know, people, if, if whether it's, and I'm, if, if people can imagine me doing the rabbit is good or bad, if how your scene turned out or whatever point in between, around, above, below, you get a chance to talk about it. If it's, you know, something that was really great, you can integrate the feeling into your body and build. If it wasn't so good, rather than fester on it and go home and be alone, you can get it out quickly um, on that Sunday morning. And, and, you know, I'm just so with you on that Sunday morning um, debrief, um, um, the Sunday morning worship session. <laughs> yes, we uh, we sometimes joke, and it's only a half joke, that all of the rest of it, the play party and the workshop before, it's all just a really elaborate way to get to the conversations that we have <laughs> on the Sunday morning. The Sunday morning, that's where the revolution is happening, my friend. Yeah, well, it is true that just settling it down, learning from each other, sharing information, there's been great tips, you know, you know, the same percentage of people who play um, will be the same percentage of the population who would be, let's say, designated as having a mental health issue. There's tips for people who experience mental health issues such as anxiety or myself with cyclothymia, a small bipolar, that sort of thing. You know, what tips on drop, all those sorts mm. of things. And so... And this is the other thing afterwards Once about once you've done a workshop. It doesn't just end, let's say, at 2 o'clock on a Sunday. No, no, it continues. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a secret group that uh, anyone that's uh, done Discovery then joins, so there's an easy mechanism there. But um, I, I guess one of the things we've done with Discovery is rather than trying to build a play party so that it looks sexy, and I've got my little inverted commas there, yep. so it's all like dark and moody and the way sex is meant to look stereotypically, we've done the opposite. We've got daggy, we've got clunky, we've got so much communication, we've got a relatively well-lit space, and all of the emphasis is on safety and communication and protocol and getting it right. And as a result, it's the sexiest party I've ever seen. <laughs> well, look, we had we had a nice compliment in the group where someone, you know, and this is the other thing once you're in the group, people just put their ideas up, say, the week before. And, you know, I remember one of a couple of events back where someone said, 
um, you know, this is one of the best parties of its type, not just in Melbourne or Australia, but the world, which I was like, wow, you know, um, pretty cool. So it's an amazing way, and this is the other thing there is, you know, it's not just this compartmentalised thing about sex positivity. It's obviously something that, you know, the skills you learn flow do flow into all of your life. You know, um, taking off, getting right off the soapbox and being very serious. If you're learning better communication skills and doing personal growth, you're the whole person. It's absolutely true. Uh, I'm not against hedonism for the sake of hedonism. That's absolutely fine. It would be sex negative of me to be against hedonism for its own sake. However, I do love the self-development, the deep psychological growth that comes mm. from uh, exploring your sexual development. And it's true if you're in touch with your power and you're good with the communication skills and you're good with setting your boundaries and asking for what you want and saying no to what you don't want, they are just great life skills. You do become a more powerful person. Yep. And I guess also like tying it back around to um, self-expression and discovering more about which of those 7 billion genders you are and so forth, if you've got a space where you've been somewhat or substantially welcomed for who you are, it just creates more of a sense of solidity and strength and core, uh, which then totally goes out into the rest of the world. Yep, totally. Builds a sense of community, puts the right energies out there, which we so much need. We'd better just have a quick message um, and um, then got to come back and talk about something just a little different. Then we'll wrap it up. Um, you're on 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Sally talking the disco with Roger Butler. On Sunday, November the 1st, five members of the fascist group United Patriots Front, the UPF, gained entry into 3CR and filmed throughout the building without permission. In an effort to intimidate the station and its programmers, then... They posted the video on their Facebook page. The UPF also made an unwelcome visit to the Melbourne Anarchist Club on the same day. 3CR rejects these tactics of intimidation and expresses our solidarity with other groups subjected to harassment and vilification from groups such as the UPF, who are of concern because of their racist, Islamophobic and anti-Semitic beliefs, hostility to the left and capacity for violence. 3CR reasserts our commitment to progressive politics and our core mission of providing a voice to people denied a voice elsewhere in the media and in society. Affiliated with the station are a diverse range of community organisations from trade unions to housing groups to music appreciation clubs. We stand by our commitment to provide a voice for Muslims, newly arrived migrants, Indigenous people, unions, women, queers, the working class, people from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds and people with a disability. As such, we will continue to do what we have always done, uphold basic principles of human dignity, diversity and fairness. We call on all listeners and supporters to join us in rejecting this amateur schoolyard bullying and the politics of fear that fosters bigotry and the marginalisation of vulnerable minorities. 3CR, where diverse communities work in solidarity with each other. Yep, that's us, 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. And just wanted to talk about that, and it actually does affect um, next week's show one way or another. Um, yeah, certainly a very difficult thing. And, you know, I was um, pre-recording because I was, wasn't at a discovery event, but it was at a similar-ish event um, when this happened. Otherwise, I could well have been in here and I... I have to say, I don't know how I would have responded to that situation, but our 3CR volunteers um, responded um, with quick thinking, wit and good heart, and that's always going to win. Um, how this affects next week's show. Now, normally I close the show by saying catch it next week. I'm not sure if I will. I may be going um, out of Australia and I may not be at this stage. It's all very confusing. 
Um, but one way or another, next week's show will be different at this time slot. We will be broadcasting live from um, the um, Campaign Against Racism and Fascism Pro-Diversity section of the situation in Melton. Just a question of whether I'm here or not or someone else is or both or neither or something of um, everything like that. But, um, yeah, um, an amazing, a very um, unfortunate situation, but what was wonderful was how quickly 3CRs rallied a meeting of 40 people connected to the station that was just reassuring a great range of skills um, put on um, at that night that instantly bonded everyone closer together. And, um, yeah, let's just say hearts and positive minds will always win, which may seem a thing that's relevant to say in light of events um, further abroad in the last 24 hours. It can be difficult at a time to of difficulty to stick with hearts and minds. 3CR and others will keep doing it um, and making sure that we are here. All right, um, putting some love into the world. Let's come back and wrap it up, Rog. Um, you know, so um, if people want to come to Discovery um, and do that first workshop, and there is one now in December um, because demand just seems to be going exponential, which is fabulous to see. What do they need to do if this is something that interests them? Um, track us down on the web on discoveryworkshops.com.au. Um, have a good old read of the literature that there that's there. We've put a lot of time into mm. trying to accurately explain what's going on because it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yep. So I just suggest that people follow their own intuition around yep. whether that's something they're drawn to or not. Um, and then, yes, the next workshop is on... I think December the 5th off the top of my head. Uh, that's about uh, a third or a halfway sold out at the moment. Uh, and then we'll be cranking that machine up again in uh, February. Yep. Yep. So very important. Once you've done, as we said, once you've done the workshop and a debrief, you can then come to lots of other events. Um, don't have to do the workshop again unless you want to. Yes, we, um, ha- we have a rediscovery version and quite a few people do. But yeah, Helena and I in the background, uh, we're quite well connected with a whole bunch of sexual mm. development and diversity workshops. Uh, so we tend to occasionally program in extra things only for people that have done that workshop so that everyone's got that, again, that core fundamental understanding of what consent language is meant to look like in practice uh, and from there amazing things happen they do indeed which um, seems like a good moment to say that I I just want to thank um, Helena in particular for my life journey in the last 18 months the if there was a a parent of some sort to discover I think it could be called the radical ecstasy work um, weekend um, hosted by the fabulous Dossie Easton and organized by Helena and I I'll be honest and say I didn't quite know what I was getting myself into, but Helena's heart side in getting me into that weekend has, I think, put me into the third stage of my life. And I think that a lot of the things have happened to me in the last 18 months would not have happened had I not been able to shift energies that were no longer serving me from out of me and get them off to wherever they need to go in the universe and build myself. Um, I honestly believe that, that I've been able to attract more positive things into my life in lots of ways. So I want to dedicate this um, show today to Helena May, um, your um, partner in benign crime (laughs) um, in running Discovery. I think Helena May can take responsibility for making the world a substantially better place. The way she just sees things, good things, and then supports them and gets behind them and Mm. makes them happen and shares them around. Yeah, never met a person who's able to come from a place of understanding as much as Helena. Um, you know, uh, one of our listeners earlier this year sent me a card that said it's always better to try to come from a place of understanding rather than judgment. And 
yeah, Helena does that magnificently and is such a driving force along with, I've got to mention the fabulous Kath Carter, who's one of our consistent supports. And someone when Kath isn't there is Linda Kirkman, who's posted on Facebook um, saying that she's listening to Out of the Pan as I cook for friends coming over this afternoon. Pans of all sorts. We love it. And uh, Kath and Linda are two of our support workers. Yeah. Uh, just to clarify about that, of our, of our people that work around Discovery and make sure everything's running well. And Yep. Um, so, yeah, um, lots of people um, involved in it, but it really is a sense of community and, you know, we could go on forever, but we've got to get out of here and make way for Freedom of Species, um, one of the great environment shows on 3CR. And, um, yeah, um, you know, it just is this sense of community where people gradually step up and keep an eye on each other if something, say, see someone who's not quite there, you know, there's a bit of, are you okay, do you just want to see it, all that sort of stuff, which we could talk about for a long time as well. But it's just really this amazing place. It is, um, for my generation, it's like going through the wardrobe door to Narnia. And for others, I think it's like they've said, it's like going to Hogwarts School or something. There's a whole world out there. It is incredible. There's a whole other world out there. And people can find it by looking for discoveryworkshops.com.au or Stalking Discovery on Facebook. And my other workshops are under Curious Creatures. That's the ones. Rog, thanks for coming in and um, being on the show today. Thanks also to the Fab Gala Vanting. So as I say, normally I'd say catch you next week, but I don't know, so I'd better say catch you sometime in the future. Take it out today, um, you know, that um, with the fabulous um, Keith Richards from the Expensive Winos album um, live at the Hollywood Palladium in 1988, released 1989. Um, as much as I'd love to play the track where Keith halfway through just talks to someone in the audience and says, hi, babe, um, we're not going to do that one because it does seem like um, we need to keep bringing up some good things, dare I say, in the words of Keith, whip it up. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you soon. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.